Floridian, Friday, September 29th, for WMNF's 44th birthday bash. Tickets on sale now at WMNF.org. from the Black Keys. You're listening to WMNF 88.5 Community Radio. Dr. Fucking Franklin, and you're listening to WMNF Tampa. They do the dog, y'all. You are tuned to the Sunday Forum here on your community radio station, WMNF. And I want to welcome you 
Walter is not here today. He's out taking care of business. But he did send a representative to the Sunday Forum. Yassine Akil is here, son of of Hakeem. And he has been here before. And this is the first time he's been back and since that time. And we're going to talk to him today for the full two hours with your telephone calls and your emails. And Yassine Akil is president and CEO Global Business Intelligence, he has been traveling, and we got to talk to him about some of the politics of the globe. We know this morning that uh, the G20 has ended their session, and uh, it has invited the entire African Union to be the newest member of the top, most developed, richest countries on the globe, the G20. And, of course... Russia and China were not there. Uh, India is the head, is serving as president of the G20 at this moment and was very instrumental in the African Union being invited, being part, becoming a part of this important global body, which is right now quite divided. Uh, but India's prime minister has been getting praise for uh, getting these 20 countries together and, of course, the addition of the African Union as part of it. We're going to talk about a lot of the issues of the Global South, so I want to welcome Yassine Akil to the Sunday Forum as we get things underway. My name, by the way, is Patro Mabili, and we're sitting in for Walter L. Smith this morning and uh, we're going to have a full program with your telephone calls so call everybody up let them know we're having an important discussion that has to do with the globe and africa's role in it our role in it as the diaspora the children of africa right here in the united states how much influence do we have what do we know about the globe we're gonna pick Yassin Akil's brain this morning to talk about just exactly what the future holds for the continent and for the world. So you want to stay tuned to the Sunday Forum this morning as we talk about all of these issues. And as we welcome Yassin Akil to the Sunday Forum, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate being here and I'm honored to be here. Um, I, thank you, uh, Brother Mobili. Uh, blessings and, and greetings to uh, my family member, uh, Walter Smith, uh, wherever mm-hmm. you are. Uh, blessings and, and peace to you and your family. And also, uh, good morning to the WMNF family. Uh, good morning. It's an honor to be able to listen to any of your questions, uh, hear your viewpoints, and just share ideas and have a discussion this morning. Well, you know, we, you're probably going to hear the term Global South. Mm-hmm. And uh, as G20 has been wrapping it up, Rendra Modi had referred to the Global South. Everybody's talking about the Global South. What is it? The Global South, the, uh, as opposed to the richest countries on the globe, the northern countries, the South and uh, the, the Global South are the southern are the countries at the bottom of the globe. And the countries at the top have been in control of the countries at the bottom. So Lorenzo Modi talks about India and the countries of South America and the countries of Africa and many other countries in Asia are all part of the global south. 
These are some of the most populated countries on the globe and some of the poorest. Very, very true. Um, these countries that are south of the uh, equator, uh, right. south of, in Africa, south of the uh, Sahara Desert, uh, as you mentioned, my brother, yes, this is the uh, areas in the, in the globe where these were a lot of the colored mel- uh, melanated people are, where a lot of the natural resources are, where there are high levels of poverty. And then the ones above the uh, equator, um, these were a lot of the imperialists are, where a lot of the uh, neo-colonists are. And they moved and migrated down into the South to take, to rape, to pillage uh, these, these countries. Uh, so, yes, it has to be some type of a, a balance between the two, uh, the North and the South. The North cannot continue to come in and take, they cannot continue to come in and do what they've been doing in the past. And the people below the, uh, the South of the equator are suffering um, and, and not getting their fair share of, uh, of economic uh, development. Um, so, yes, yes. Well, so... One of the things that came up over the past, over this summer, we we saw as a result of the war in Europe, the war between Russia and Ukraine, where Russia invaded Ukraine. Part of the problem is we know that we've been hearing about this over the past year, but this has been going on for at least 10 years when Russia invaded and took over Crimea. And the West uh, said a lot, but because the fears of of a nuclear exchange uh, did nothing. And so now it has gone even further. But part of what happened was a grain deal that was in the work that had been going on. And what was important about Crimea is that it explains what the, the purpose of this war was, and that is to have a access to the to the Black Sea where you can get things to market. And the grain was part of that deal. Africa uh, was benefiting from that deal, as was other people in the world. These exports, the export of grain. And because of this war in Europe, Africa lost out and the price of food went up and the, the access, hunger also went up. Uh, and again, it just reminds us of how Africa has always been a pawn in other people's designs. And what we've seen is that the private organization, the private mercenary group, Wagner Group, have inst- uh, has, a, has included themselves or made themselves available to help the military situation in three countries, Burkina Faso, Mali, and Niger. Uh, as a result, Russia is what's supposed to get mining deals. Uh, again, getting access to Africa's resources, Africa not benefiting from them, and again, a pawn in other people's designs. Uh, it's in, Before I go further, how do you feel about this historic uh reality for Africa, that it is always a pawn in other people's designs. Yes. 
Um, Especially when it comes to those three countries where the coup's just taking place. Correct, correct. Uh, the, the three countries that you've mentioned are, and, and, and I was just recently blessed to be in two of those countries. I, uh, back in uh, May and, and June, I was in Mali and also in Burkina Faso. And in my travels throughout Africa, I've uh, never seen that level of uh, poverty, um, especially in uh, Burkina Faso. Um, and it was a, a, a culture shock for me. And I thought that I would be able to uh, adjust, but uh, I was ready to get out of there the first day I had uh, landed. Um, you know, still a beautiful country, but the poverty, it, it really brings tears to your eyes. And within that trip, um, my, my guides were taking me to a lot of the different mines. And you question yourself, it's like, wow, you know, you see all of the, the beautiful, beautiful landscape. You see all of the, the natural resources um, and one natural resource in particular uh, is, uh, is gold. Uh, Burkina Faso is a major gold producer. So is, so is Mali. Mali has a history of uh, producing gold. Uh, even one of their kings by the name of Mansa Musa, who to this day is still uh, noted as one of the wealthiest, richest uh, human beings that ever walked on the face of the earth, uh, come right out of Mali, the kingdom of Mali. Uh, just a little historical fact, he he pretty much destroyed the price of gold because as he traveled uh, on his Islamic pilgrimage to Mecca, uh, he was giving out so much gold that the price dropped. And once he realized that the price of gold dropped, he bought all the gold back to raise the price of gold. So just think about the amount <laughs> of wealth he, have, uh, he has excuse me, to be able to do that. Uh, and so, yes, you know, Africa has been a, a pawn. Uh, Africa has been used. Um, and, be, and because of that, look at the wealth that has accumulated in the West. Look of, uh, of, of, of how uh, we have been living based off the, 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 the blood, the sweat of, of, of African people and African babies, you, you, African children. You actually will have African children in the mines to get minerals that we use for our cell phones and for our tablets and for our, our computers and, uh, and, and for our, our satellites. Um, but they are not rewarded for that labor. Um, and because of this, it's a constant take, a constant pillage, a constant uh, economic rape. And then when they come back, when these imperialists come back into the country and they build up the infrastructure. The infrastructure is not to help the African people. The infrastructure is there to allow them to export more. They build uh, the, some of the, the highways. I was uh, recently uh, in Ghana uh, in an area called uh, Takradi. Uh, there, and, and that's the western part of uh, Ghana, uh, where a lot of the natural uh, uh, resources and a lot of the mining are coming from that area. As a matter of fact, there's oil that's been uh, discovered in, in that area. And the Chinese are there. And the Chinese built this beautiful, beautiful, now, and, and they built it fast, uh, a huge road. But this road goes from the port to the airport. It's not for domestic travel. Uh, so as they build in this, you can you see that they're transporting uh, the natural resources right out of the country in a very fast and efficient way. But the people don't benefit from it. So 
the and the reason this is allowed to happen is because of the leadership. The, the leadership. The leadership is being supported by imperialists. And so what we see now uh, that is happening in three countries and, and, and actually now four countries, and it may spread. You know, this is, in my mind, I see it as a, the, an African uh, uprising where the people are now tired and the people are waking up. They know what they have. They, they, they know what's growing in their backyard. They, they know uh, uh, the natural resources that they have and in, in the, in the, how uh, the accumulation of wealth that they have in their country. And they, they realize they can't even buy bread. They understand this. And they understand that the, the West are coming in and perilous are coming in and continuously take and take. So what we're seeing now is an, is an uprising. The people are now starting to stand up and they're going to their government and asking for change. And the military is being supported by the people and they're coming in and and doing uh, what what we call here a coup d'etat. But in my mind, I see it as a a revolution. I see it as an uprising and change must happen. Uh, Do you think that there is any qualitative differences between what is going on in, in the countries we've mentioned and uh, in its military, because you said the leadership is a problem. So is that where the, the quality of, of, of difference comes in when you talk about who's benefiting because uh, or who the military is supporting? Because in Gabon, the, that seemed more to me like a revolution as opposed to a coup. And the difference is, uh, the people were tired of a of a 50-year family rule Correct. and the military sided with the people as opposed to the military siding with newer exploiters as a lot of people see them. So Correct. is that the qualitative difference? Do you see it when you saw it on the ground? Yes, 100%. I haven't had an opportunity to visit uh, Gabon, but uh, I'm glad you shared that point. And, and it's, it's 100% true. Uh, the military could be used um, just like a lot of the leaders can be used. Um, and some of these uh, uh, change of uh, leadership, uh, the leaders are actually they're finding, uh, the people are finding that these leaders have, you know, millions and millions of dollars, you know, stashed away in their homes. Um, as we know, they have millions of dollars stashed away in, in, in Western in banks while the people are pretty much suffering. Uh, and so getting back to the situation in Gabon, the military and, and it looks like that they are taking the sides of the people. The people are uh, they're supporting the people, and the people are supporting the military uh, for for this change. Uh, there's been uh, the leadership in Gabon has been over 50 years ran by a family, and this family was uh, supported by the West, like a lot of the leaders uh, in, in Africa. Africa would be in a better situation if these leaders uh, would stand up and 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 support their people, uh, but. These leaders are put into these positions by the West, and these leaders allow the West to come in and take from their own people. As long as their family are taken care of, as long as their pockets are enriched, then they can care less about the people. Uh, but this is changing. This new uh, young uh, mindset that's, you know, that's, that's rapidly going throughout Africa, and Africa has a huge young population. And the older uh, generation is uh, it's a replacement. They're, 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 that mindset is, is, is no longer being accepted. 
And so the young people are now standing up and more young people need to stand up. And because this change of mindset is being brought forth because the young people have seen the, their, their parents suffer. They've lived in this suffrage. And so now it's time for a, a change to happen. And the young people are the, on the frontier of leading this change. And I, I welcome it because if, if Africa improved, and if the natural resources are uh, fairly uh, 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 purchased by the West, then we will see that Africa won't need a U.S. aid, which is which is a way to keep them, uh, uh, you know, in a level of poverty. But but they would not be having their hand out. And we can see Africa get back to its position how it once was. Africa was a was a leader in the world. Uh, a, a, a lot of uh, uh, the, the Europeans uh, uh, castles and kings and queens were were benefiting from uh, uh, Africa. Uh, uh, the Moors uh, went in and taught uh, 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 Europe on how to uh, uh, have you know judges and 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 how to properly rule. Uh, we know as here in, in our own experience here in America how African Americans helped uh, uh, the the United States. So every every human being has a right to pursue happiness. No human being should be uh, depressed. No human being should uh, be uh, suppressed by economic uh, 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 policies that lynch the hope and and, and deprive them of reaching their potential. And Africa has a a huge potential, especially with the natural resources, the vast amounts of land that's not even being used. So uh, we welcome this change. Well, are you? Do you have any fears of of repeating history? Of uh, like, I I think about because as you have a lot of hope in the new younger leadership that has hopefully studied history and knows not to repeat some of it. But what do you have any fears of of, for instance, China and Russia repeating some of the same mistakes that the original colonial masters? "Quote unquote," committed uh, even post-colonial the idea of structured loans, for instance. Uh, we see China, which is having an economic crisis of its own, calling in some of those African loans and uh, impoverishing these governments that are under their demands to repay loans that are impoverishing them, even just to cover the the interest. On the loan, which is very right. much like the West used to do. Uh, and we see that the West, uh, as we've seen these uh, these coups and, as I said, an uprising in the case of Gabon, that the West is losing its, its clout. Uh, but it's losing it to China and Russia, who I feared have acted in much the same way. You bring a valid point. Russia... And China is, is no angel. They are not there to uplift uh, Africa. Uh, they are there for the same reasons why the other imperialist nations were there. They're there to take. They're there to get their share of the natural resources. Um, what we are hoping and what we're praying on is that this new mindset, this new leadership that is coming forth, create some type of balance because you have to sell to someone. We're not asking, we're not stating that allowing them to take from you, 
but you have to sell your product. You have to, because uh, right now Africa does not have the, the, the equipment and the technology to manufacture and the, the natural resources that, uh, you know, that's in the land that they've been blessed with. So they're going to have to have some kind of relationship and some type of a partnership with, uh, with a, a, a superpower or a, a, or a country that have the, uh, the means. But it has to be a balance. If Africa is providing natural resources, then the countries that's buying it need to provide equipment, need to provide training. If this doesn't happen, then we're going to see a repeat and of what the previous imperialists were doing. And you're 100% correct. There are, there are uh, I think in the Zambia, um, there are uh, infrastructures like the, the airport or the, uh, the, um, the ocean uh, port uh, is being seized by uh, Chinese because they wasn't able to cover the, the interest off the debt. So now yeah. they are coming in and, and taking uh, what they've built pretty much, taking it back. And now the people of the country have to pay a tax just to uh, utilize the facilities in their own country. So they have to be very, very careful and, 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 and dealing with these relationships. But don't look at the, the Chinese uh, as, or the Russians as uh, their hope or their, their, their savior. Hmm. Um, so, yes, they got to be very, very careful. We're talking to Yasin Akil. He's been traveling uh, and he's been to the continent recently. And uh, we're going to talk about what we can do here from the United States. And I want to hear from you. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. You could also write us DJ at WNF.org. What do you have to add? What do you have to say? Uh, what questions do you have for Yasin Akil? Uh, he's here. He's fired up and we're all ready to hear what you have to say. A lot to talk about. And uh, we know that the idea that the African Union is now going to be empowered as, I suppose, quote unquote, a superpower. Mm. Does this uh, bode well for the future? Yes. Yes. Uh, it, it, I definitely see it as an improvement. Uh, uh, a change of, of this magnitude can be very beneficial to the, uh, to the continent and the people that live within it and also us as a whole. Because we, we, we all benefit from Africa. Uh, it's just that now the relationship has to change. We can uh, no longer continue to, to, to take and then we sit back and, and utilize the, their natural resources for, you know, for our, our trinkets and our, and our toys and our conveniences while the people over there suffer. Um, so, uh, yes, this, this, this change is important. But what is crucial is that the leadership cannot be weak. They cannot sell out their people because they've been asked to sit at the table. Mm. They cannot uh, take on the, the same mindset as, and, and become their own in, imperialist uh, ideas and then uh, put their, the leaders put their foot on the necks of the people. We can never lose sight of, of, of who we're leading. Uh, and, and, and heavy is the responsibility of, of a leader. So they, they must have the respect, the love, and have the mindset of making sure that there's a balance and there's a fairness and, and that, that, that the wealth 
gets to everybody in the country. We cannot, they cannot create a, a class system where only a few at the top and create an elitist where the few at the top benefit while the ones are, are still, you know, begging for, for food to eat and putting little children in the mines. So it, it has to be uh, a fairness even when they sit at the table. They can't exploit their own people. And, you know, the post-colonial situation, uh, we've seen, we've seen uh, divide and conquer. We've seen all types of political shenanigans happen, you know, externally caused a lot of the time. Uh, but we also have seen interests or we've seen Africa be attacked by uh Islamic terrorism or just terrorism in general. And that has become uh, the new justification for Western engagement uh, on the continent of Africa. And now that is also being challenged. Mm. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, the Islamic terrorists, so-called, that are in these countries, uh they're there to destabilize. Mm-hmm. Someone, some force is financing them, is giving them the intelligence, giving them the weapons, giving them the money. And when we see a country that is being destabilized, do not think that natural resources are still not moving out of that country. Mm-hmm. Do not think that because this is happening that the someone is not benefiting from this destabilization, an act of, of, of destabilizing the country. They were put there to destabilize. They were put there to distract the people. In some, in, in some cases, uh, and it's, it's known fact, that these uh, so-called terrorist groups will, will come into certain villages where they have found uh, precious metals and, 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 and precious minerals, but they want to destabilize and, and have the people leave that area so that that land can be vacant so that these multinational companies can come in and, and, and take from that land. So they'll, you know, chase the people away. And once the people are being chased away now, now they're, they left their, 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 their land that they've been there for thousands of years because they might have found oil, they might have found gold, they might have found lithium, cobalt, you name it. It's there. And they don't want the people to be in, involved with it. So they, they'll organize these groups wow. to come in mm-hmm. and uh, run the people off their land so they can have free access to the, to the minerals. It's, it's happening for a reason. Sound like violent culture war. But also, you know, we talk about Islamic terrorists, but... U.S. evangelical, Christian evangelicals have also been there destabilizing through the use of legislation, forcing mm. all kinds of right-wing legislation. So, you know, we're going to continue to see that or we're going to continue to see these external cultures go to Africa to die. Mm. Well, Billy, I tell you, brother, you, you, you know what's going on on the ground over there. Uh, you, you, you're very, very knowledgeable of what's happening, uh, you, you're providing some very, very deep questions, brother. I, I, I should have, uh, I should have uh, did some more 
uh, research and study, and you, you're very, very knowledgeable what's going on uh, on the ground. And I, I, I really appreciate, you know, your question and, and your content. Uh, yes, uh, and, and this has been the practice, you know, what, what are they, the three M's? Uh, they come in with uh, missionaries. Yeah. <laughs> then after the missionaries, they come in with the merchants. Then after the merchants, they come in with the military. <laughs> and so the, the missionaries that come in and subdue the people, uh, having believing in, in uh, their form of religion, which is their form of, uh, of, of uh, uh, you know, oppression, mm-hmm. uh, to, to weaken them and, and put their faith, because uh, uh, they've been worshiping God. You know, the, the, the Africans are very, you know, religious uh, people. Uh, but that religion that they were uh, practicing is not beneficial uh, for the imperialists, mm-hmm. so they send their their, their merchant. I'm sorry, they send their missionaries. Okay, the missionaries has a mission, and their mission is to subdue the people with their form of religion. Then after they're comfortable with that, then they bring in the merchants. The merchants are there to take now. And now that the people are are are, are hooting and hollering somewhere and and worshiping their form of of religion and and being distracted, the merchants come in and 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 take the natural resources. Once they've taken enough, uh, now they want to secure uh, their, their, their pillaging. And so now they bring in the military. The military sets up, uh, um, you know, bases and sets up different uh, mechanisms to make sure that the merchants, uh, which are these multinational conglomerate companies, are able to continue their, 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 their method of, of continuing uh, taking. So uh, this has been the game that's been played. Yeah, and um, I think the people are waking up and they're, and they're asking for a change. The military and the monetary is uh, <laughs> is one of our favorite singers who used to put it, uh, Gil Scott Heron. Mm. Take your telephone calls, 813-239-9663. Uh, we're talking to Yasin Akil here on the Sunday Forum. I want to go straight to the telephone lines and see what they have to say. I have a few more questions for you myself, but let's see what the people have to have to ask. Go ahead, caller. Please turn your your radio down and uh, ask your question. You're on the Sunday forum. Okay, my radio's not open. How you doing this morning? Good. You, this is brother Ron. Yes, sir. You see, okay. blessings and prosperity to you, brother. Oh, thank you, my brother. Yeah, that knowledge you got is your wealth. Thank you. I was brother. telling my children the other day and my old lady that knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they come in and they drain our knowledge, like you're saying, through those uh, products. Mm-hmm. You know, religion is a product. I talk to my son like this now. I no longer talk to him about issues. Stuff. No, this is a product being sold. It's being pushed on us. Like many other products, like mm-hmm. uh, insurance is a product. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Banking is a product. All these things they created to control and be able to manipulate us, the African-American man. And I have no qualms about saying that. Mm-hmm. I have no issues because I can look directly at it. I've been looking at Africa. I look at Africa. There's a brother I watch on that. He, he, he's this uh, thing is go black to Africa. He's pretty good. He travels all around. His wife's a doctor. Mm-hmm. And he gives you excellent insight onto what's going on in that country. Mm-hmm. And I saw the other week that there was some young Africans. I asked my question after this here because I think he's aware of this. The young Africans over there that are coming into power, they had a young guy. He was like 20-something. He became, uh, I think it was in Kenya. I don't, I don't know. There's so many places in Africa. I can't, I, unless I travel there, I wouldn't even know the places. So he was a general or something. You knew what his first edict was, Mabile? Mm-hmm. Get everybody out of my country. Get, I don't want none of them here no more. They're just taking from us. This is 
beating us up. They're just dogging us out. And that's my point. That's exactly what. The same thing happened in Africa is happening in America. We can't run to Africa and say, oh, I'm an African. I'm going to help the African. No. The same thing they're doing over there, they're doing it over here in a bigger number, in a larger scale. So if they keep us oppressed and depressed, there's no way we can go over there unless we go and repatriate, like your uncle said, repatriate that place, and we need to take resources and finances to do that. Mm-hmm. And they know that, so they keep us poor, they keep breaking us down, they keep pitting one against another, like mm-hmm. you have this uh, so-called slave master Negro that whoops us with a leash. Say, say that's a good example, Clarence Thomas. You know, they sit him in the highest place in the parliament, mm-hmm. and they act like, we're all cool, we're all equal, it's all fair here for us. So my question is this, do you think that between the Western African Americans and the Africans living there that we could ever get our thing together and get away from these devils? So there's nothing but stick to devils, man. I could go into detail about how they devil. Okay? Mm. And any people that say they worship them, we're okay and we're fair. Well, they better prove that to me. I'm not no longer kissing no booty just to get along with you. I'm not gonna do that no more. And I advise our kids not to do it. I advise, see, because when you get a guy that's set up like a governor and tells you black people uh, benefited from being whooped to death, hung, castrated, uh, tortured, uh, 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 what, what they call as ever, and you want us yeah. to be happy about listening to this mess, man, in a society, you've heard me say that, shut the schools down, brother, because all they're doing is indoctrinating our children, turn our children against their parents. You see what I'm saying? In the long run, your child, I don't need you. You didn't know enough. You didn't put me where I need. I'm going to go way over here to Harvard. I don't need you. When they get to Harvard, they brainwash them. Oh, I'm not in the black race. I'm not even black. I'm not even a part of that. You see what I'm saying? But we stuck on other people's issues, other ideas. Uh, leave you with this here, too, because with my question, I'll give you a chance to answer that. Claude Anderson. Y'all look Claude Anderson up. I looked at him the other day. My last name on my mama's side was Anderson. This guy looked just like my mama's white granddaddy. But he said, he talked about how the light skin tried to hide. Like Roosevelt, them tried to pass his white people, and they kicked him out. Then when he got in office, he, he turned to get everybody. The, the one that was crippled, I forget his name, Hoover, whatever. I, I don't care about him because all of them turned their oh, back. Oh, Roosevelt. People. Yeah, that's part of Roosevelt. <laughs> they turned their back. They Roosevelt hated his own people, which is black people. Hey, that's something. We ain't do nothing to you, bro. I ain't doing nothing to you. When you see me, don't look at me like I did it. Because I'm scuffling for mine, too, whether you believe it or not. Okay? And so that's where we're at. Are you talking about the Claude Anderson that wrote Powernomics, the book uh, Powernomics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he wrote, he started affirmative action in Florida, Mobile, and they took it out and ran him out. Okay? So that just shows you he came here with the affirmative action. I was was a recipient. My sister was a recipient of that, but she went to be a nurse. Uh, We talked about it a long time ago. They used to bought those programs back to train children. They took that out for a reason so that they can imprison our children and our men and our women and our elderly. And they children can make a profit off. They fire children who ain't went to no college. And if they did, they gave them a grade and they go stand over you like they're so intelligent. And we buy that. I'm not buying it anymore. Well, you know, you talk about the disinformation, the the miseducation, especially when it comes to Africa. And I guess your question remains is what can we as a diaspora do to, uh, create an increased participation with one another, or create the power. Solidarity. Solidarity. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, uh, uh, brother Ron. I, I respect your uh, your passion. I completely understand. Um, you know, while 
they're while we're there on our knees praying, they're they're coming in and and walking in on, and <laughs> taking everything we got. And uh, the solidarity is very important. The unification is very important. Um, uh, unity, uh, even unity within our own family. Uh, there's a, a threat and a push to destabilize families. You know, here in America. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the any time that human beings unify for a common uh, goal is going to be beneficial. And us here in the diaspora, us as, uh, you know, black uh, African-Americans, we have a very uh, important relationship that we need to rekindle uh, with our brothers and sisters in in the motherland. Um, And I believe that if we do that, it'd be very beneficial uh, for all that are involved um, because, um, we over here uh, in America, and we have our we have our issues, um, and and we're faced with um, you know many different uh, issues that does not allow us uh, all of us to reach uh, a certain level of economic uh, uh, growth. Um, but having that relationship with Africa, uh, we're able to do that. Um, if we create that partnership, um, we're able to do that. Uh, create those relationships. We are able to do that. Uh, and it doesn't have to be, you know, I want to go over there and own a mine. It can be um, just having uh, cosmetic products manufactured in Africa from all the natural uh, uh, remedies and some of the, the herbal uh, plants that they have there can be put into a product and brought here into the United States and, and sold uh, to the market here. That will create, you know, economic opportunity for uh, the African who's now making that product and have their raw product uh, having access to a superpower, having access to a stronger currency as the dollar. And then the business person here in the, in the U.S. now have a product of high quality, natural product with no chemicals that they was able to use their dollar and purchase it uh, uh, and get more for the dollar due to the exchange rate and bring it into this market, the U.S. market, and uh, sell and recoup huge profits um, just by doing that alone. So uh, there is a lot of opportunity uh, for uh, us in building relationships with Africa. And uh, through these relationships, it can create generational wealth. It can create uh, empires. Look at some of the tycoons that we have here in our in our history, how they established, um, you know, businesses and how they were on the cuffs of, of, of industries and how they have created generational wealth. And some of these uh, tycoons, we're still using their products to this day. And their, and their descendants are the ones that are benefiting and running these companies. Um, now, due to technology, um, I can remember when I first started doing business in Africa, I had to purchase calling cards. Just to have a, just to make a phone call. Now you can pick up the, the phone and, and be able to communicate the West app. <laughs> and, and, you know, we have unlimited, uh, a lot of our plans here in the U.S. are unlimited, unlimited, unlimited data plans. And so the communication now is a whole lot easier. Um, due to the, uh, the internet systems now are a whole lot easier. Uh, trade is now a whole lot easier. So, um, yeah, so definitely. Uh, it's very, very important. It's vital, especially now we're living in, a, in, in America where we're being hit with high inflation, uh, where our dollar is, is weakening 
uh, as as we're working to 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 receive it. Uh, so as we're putting it in our pocket, inflation is in, in, eroding it. So we have to have side hustles. You know, a lot of us have uh, multiple jobs, two and three jobs, just to make the ends meet. And so look at this as a side hustle that will allow you to uh, really financially benefit from it that maybe won't be a side hustle anymore. Maybe it would be a, a business that you can also, that, do, that your children can in, in inherit. And, and an organized approach to doing mm-hmm. that would help. Because Correct. people doing it individually makes it a little harder. Uh, 813-239-9663. We're talking to Yassine Akila. I'm going to have to break in about 10 minutes, so I'm going to take as many calls as I possibly can. Go ahead. Caller, you're on the telephone. You're on the air here on Sunday Forum. Go ahead. What's going on, Brother Africa? Uhuru. Uhuru. It's like Malcolm, man. Just really want to appreciate this discussion. And glad to hear Brother Yassine um, on the program. And I appreciate you sharing. Thank you, Brother. All you shared so far. I, you know, I just wanted to add, um, you know, last week I couldn't jump in the conversation, but we talked a bit about Haiti, right? I'm, I'm not going to take it there, but one of the things that uh, I think was a, a, a chant, uh, I don't know if it was a song or a chant, but coupe table kite, you know, um, was the chant that Africans had cut off heads and burned buildings. And, you know, we Africans in Haiti understood that we, we have the answers and the solutions to all of the problems we face from colonizer aggression. And I would just say, that um, one of the things Chairman O'Malley used to tell us taught us is that we have to understand first and foremost that we are Africans. There's no African American, no Black Brit, no none of that stuff. We are Africans, and once we have that single-minded approach mm-hmm. towards who we are, we'll have a single-minded approach to our homeland, a single-minded approach to our resources. We will understand that the resources in Africa are our resources too. And we have a right responsibility and an obligation to protect those resources, to keep the colonizers out. I've used examples before because they're popular names like Firestone, Goodyear, Mm -hmm. Dunlop. Those people, those white people, those colonizers who went into King Leopold's Congo and and cut off Africans' hands and, and extracted rubber still benefit today from that. Matter of fact, you've probably got a lot of Africans who think they're African-Americans riding around on Goodyear, Dunlop, and Firestone tires. Mm-hmm. But those are our resources that made those people wealthy. We have the responsibility to protect our resources ourselves. And I think that first and foremost starts with understanding that we are all Africans. I would also implore every African who can, who hears this program, who can hear my voice, I, I implore you, join the African People's Socialist Party. Pick up the science of African internationalism. It will explain the world. You ain't even got to go to the continent to understand what's going on on the continent once you become an African internationalist because the science is global. The science is international. And so um, it's, in my view, best for African people all over the world, no matter where we are and what we refer to as the diaspora. Number one, become uh, single-minded Africans. Like we are Africans. No, nothing more, nothing less. Number two, understand that the resources in our homeland belong to us and we must protect them. And I would say this lastly, we should understand that we don't need nobody. And I understand our brother Yassine's position, you know, that, you know, we have to hook up with, you know, um, the superpowers, I think, with the word in order to produce. But I would say that I'm confident in the 
people who began civilization, the people who created mathematics and the 365-day calendar and the rest of it. I'm confident that who survived enslavement in this country, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm, I'm confident. And that's why I threw that thing. I'm confident that we can figure it out without colonizer intervention. And we can let colonizers in as we please, but they must follow the African working class need. People need to say all the time we need the police. We don't need the police. We all we need is ourselves. We can do we can do what we need to do for ourselves. So keep in mind that we're Africans. Keep in mind that our resources are in Africa and keep in mind that we don't need nobody but ourselves. We just got to do the work. And yeah, Chairman Amari used to tell a teacher's dad, and I just wanted to share that with brothers and sisters um, and also express my deep and profound appreciation for last week's program and this week's program as well. Kupi Tei Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. And, uh, you know, he raises a lot of points. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're going to have to probably get back to them. The uh, bottom line is that, yeah, people are looking to empower themselves. People are looking to educate themselves, uh, not just on African issues, but on global issues. And we're looking to find ways to effectively respond to what has historically been uh, the thing that has kept us has kept us down. And I guess that's what we're attempting to do today is to explain the world uh, to our listening audience because we understand and know that, as we were saying earlier, the oppressor teaches us how to pray with our eyes closed. Mm -hmm. And when we opened them, we had the Bible and they had the land. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We take one more call before the break. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Hey, Doc, how y'all doing? Pretty good. Good, 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 good. I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, I'm glad to see you have this show, this particular subject matter on, and we must uh, uh, pay attention to to our uh, to what's going on here in, 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 in the state, that a lot of our businesses, particularly the African-American businesses, have been uh, under attack and uh, been uh, closed for no other reason just the fact that they've existed, that, 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 that they're just existing. We don't do anything wrong. So when we talk about uh, least stopping uh, uh, black folk in, um, uh, in, in the street and, 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 and harassing them, the same thing exists in, in our businesses, particularly our medical businesses. And we just published an article about what's happening up in our in, a, in our nursing. And again, <coughs> in these forums, we use these forums to get this type of information out and uh, and maintain a plan, a plan of resistance. Because I'm telling you, brother, I really. I think we were already at an administrative civil war. Uh, we have uh, uh, what happened or a couple of days ago in Orlando, right in the wide out open. I've never imagined that to happen in this country. And that says something, and the governor not say a thing about it. You know, oh, yeah. So Nazis marching we, around Disney. Right. Disney. I mean, this is. This, remember, this is going all over the world and stuff. And people will criticize, will, won't say anything but that much. 
for them will will criticize people like Reverend Al Sharpton for having a march on (laughs) Washington and uh, saying that uh, there's no relevance to this and you have this kind of activity going on. So we're at a, at a, at a, again, when you, when you have this outright defilement, the rigging of the laws, you know, when you, when, for example, uh, uh, our attack on, uh, uh, on a a black prosecutor, uh, to to have them removed. So we're going to openly remove our removal of a judge, uh, in Wisconsin, uh, because the, 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 the judge does not fit their political mindset in then South Carolina and North Carolina, I think it was. Uh, <coughs> brother, we got some, we, we're, yeah, we're headed down that path. We're, we're headed down, down that path. Which reminds me, like I said, what, there was an article that a guy had read, America's Future has become South Africa's past. Hey, well, that's sobering thought. Thank you for your call. And uh, yeah, seen he's saying that we're repeating history. We're heading down a fascist road if we don't wake up and um, a, a racist road. He was talking about Nazis marching on Disney here in Florida in, in uh, white leadership saying nothing. Uh, before we go to break, though, Yassine, I did get an email that asked, would we consider teaching in the public schools? <laughs> they say they need you. We need you. Uh, the children need you. What about that? Sure, sure. Um, the, the two last callers, uh, appreciate your, your involvement, your participation, and your input. Those were some very, very thoughtful words uh, that, um, uh, that you shared with us and the audience. Uh, yes, uh, we, we must get into the schools. We, we must uh, properly educate uh, our, our, our children, uh, exp- uh, expand their, their knowledge to uh, the global uh, world. Um, you know, we live locally, but we have to think globally. And uh, there is a, uh, a, a global marketplace, and we have to be able to introduce our children to that global marketplace. Uh, the Chinese uh, children are aware uh, of, of America. They are aware that their their fathers and their mothers and their factories are bringing products here into 